I really am very passionate about this. I love more than anything to teach this to people. I love for you to understand this. I love for you to see the connection between your blood sugar and your moods and your sleep and your stress and your results. It really, really matters. Welcome to the Balanced Fit and Free podcast. I'm Ray Ann Mullins, your guide on this quest to a vivacious life. Join me as we uncover the keys to ditch inflammation, conquer fatigue, and stride confidently towards a harmonious, health-filled existence. This podcast is your compass to a balanced and fit lifestyle. So get ready to elevate your wellness game and embrace the vibrant, high-quality life that you deserve. Enjoy the show. everybody. Welcome back to the Balanced Fit and Free podcast. This is Ann Mullins, your host, and I'm really excited about today's episode. So I have been getting some requests from you, from a lot of you actually, um, requesting that I do another nutrition episode, which I got to tell you, I love, 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 love to talk about nutrition. And the reason I don't do more nutrition talks is because we are all different and what works for one person may not work for the next person. But what I try to avoid is making like blanket general statements in this podcast or in my programs, because inevitably someone takes it wrong and thinks I am saying that you have to do it exactly the way I say it. When in reality, I try to provide some facts about nutrition, and then hopefully you can learn to listen to your own body and apply what works for you and don't apply what doesn't work for you. Because, you know, human bodies are very, very um, interesting, very unique. And what works for you may not work for me and what works for your neighbor might be different than your best friend. But there are some general things that if we pay attention to them, then we can, you know, try some tips or try some activities with our nutrition and then just listen and pay attention. And then we can figure out what works for us. Okay. In this society, we see all kinds of diets and programs. We have keto, we have plant-based, we have the AIP diet, we have the Weight Watchers, the HGH diet, carnivore is a really big one right now, Atkins, low fat, high fat, low carb, and so on. And now we are even seeing, like we've talked about, people who are taking shots and also all kinds of medication to help with their weight loss or to you know reach certain goals. So I am not here to say that any of that is bad. I personally don't want to take any medications or shots, but I am in no way saying that you shouldn't, right? What you do is your business. What you need for yourself is completely up to you. And I am not one to judge that and nobody else should either. So I'm here though, to tell you what I have seen work personally and with people that I've worked with. And to be totally honest, I have worked with a lot of people who've not had success with me. But on the other hand, I have worked with a lot of people who have completely crushed it with my help and with my method. So the point is, you know, most of these programs and diets, you know, whether it's my plan or a basic like general, like popular plan, most of them will actually work, right? Or else they wouldn't be a thing. But 
what works for you is what is best. And here's something I want to point out. If you can't stick with a plan or a diet, then it doesn't work for you. No matter if at some point a particular diet helped you lose 50 pounds, if you have gained back the weight or if you can't stick with it, then it isn't working. Okay. So you might say, well, but if I lost 50 pounds doing it before, then it obviously worked. Well, no, because if it was working, you would have continued to do it and you wouldn't have to go back on a plan or you wouldn't be looking for another plan. You know, what does work is finding something that you can do forever so that you aren't always looking for a new plan or diet. If you're always looking for the next best diet, then here are some things to consider. Okay. You want to make sure that you, like I said, can do it forever. You want to make sure that you can fit it into your lifestyle and you want to make sure that it can fit with your social life. Okay. There's, we want to make sure that it's something that you can adapt with, that you can roll with, that you can keep malleable. Okay. So anyway, but for today, I want to talk about my way of doing nutrition. Okay. I call it the balance method. I lost 65 pounds following this method. It was years later that I actually made it into a program. And for some reason, I stopped offering the program. But good news is that it's coming back. Okay. So if you have not seen the program, haven't tried the program, um, and you're curious about it, it's coming back. Okay. I think, I think what happened is I just needed a break. You know, I needed to try some other ideas, some other plans, But at the end of the day, my gut keeps telling me that I need to come back to this program and this way of supporting people because it worked. It worked for so many people. And I don't know, just like people switch diets, I switch (laughs) the things I teach just because I feel like I should offer something different. But every time I do, I feel unhappy. So I'm coming back to my original program, The Balance Method. And that's neither here nor there. I just wanted to tell you that. All right. So recently... I decided to test my method. Okay. I haven't really been wanting to lose weight or anything for a long time. I mean, yes. Would I love to have a slimmer middle and like nice abs? Of course. Right. But to be totally honest, I don't have like the desire or will to really working on that. You know, it's like I'm 48 years old. I'm not so worried about how I look in a bikini. You know, I just, I have other priorities in my life right now, but And I've gotten to the point where I actually feel okay with my shape, you know? I mean, again, yes, it would be awesome to be able to, you know, sport like a really cool bikini or something and feel proud of myself. But I don't know. I like wine a little too much. (laughs) And so it's just not a priority for me. Anyway, I'm testing out the idea of my balance method with a continuous glucose monitor. Okay. Have you heard of those? So... I will tell you a little bit more about what it is in a little bit, but I'm having the best time. It is so fun. Um, I do think it might be driving my husband a little crazy. Every time I see him, I'm like, oh, guess what? So today my workout made my glucose increase. And then, you know, later I had a cookie and it totally didn't. And I'm constantly like looking at the app and like telling him all about it. And he's just way too nice to tell me to shut up. But I can tell in his body language that he's like, oh, here we go again. (laughs) But don't worry, I'm not going to shut up. I'm going to keep telling him because it's fun. Anyway, let's get, let's kind of get into this more. I have done a whole episode on blood sugar 
which is also blood glucose. They're one and the same. I've done an entire episode on it before. I gave you tips on how to like balance your blood sugar. So you can absolutely go listen to that. But here's the thing. At the time of recording that, I did not have the actual evidence in front of me. But you know what? The good news is almost everything, well, everything I shared with you has been proven to be true for me. Okay. So that episode was all about tips on to help you balance your blood sugar. So you're not having big spikes of blood sugar, which we're going to talk a little bit more about what that means in a minute. But now, because I'm wearing this continuous glucose monitor that is continuously monitoring my glucose levels, blood sugar levels, I can tell you that by following the tips I gave you back in the day, that it's actually helping. So we will recover, we'll, you know, cover that again today. Um, and if you haven't heard that, then you, you can either go back and listen or you can just listen today and you're good. But if you did hear it and you remember that, then today it'll be fun for you to see um, kind of like how it's working for me and why it's working. All right. So and also, I just want to say, if you hear this episode today and you're like, hmm, I want to do this, then I want you to know that I am opening up spots for coaching in my balance method. So the balance method is something that you do a lesson each week on your own, like through the membership portal. And then you come to a Zoom coaching, um, like a meeting for coaching. And whoever's there might be at different points in the balance method or doing different coaching, but I'm doing group coaching. And it's a great, great way to get help at a much lower fee. But also you get the help of other people that are also being coached by me. So it's really a fun, good way to learn and get some help. So if you're interested in that at all, please just get in touch with me and I will um, tell you how you can get involved in that. All right. So today we're going to go over what is blood glucose? Why are spikes not good for you? Blood sugar spikes and what do they feel like? What is insulin resistance? And then I'm going to tell you a little bit about my personal experience with this um, CGM. It's the continuous glucose monitor. I'm going to call it CGM from now on. And then I'll, you know, I'll tell you the learnings that I've had and what I've learned from it. And then I'll give you finally some tips to help yourself minimize your blood sugar spikes. All right. Sound good? So first off, what is glucose? Glucose is a carbohydrate and many people call it blood sugar. So glucose is a form of sugar. Our bodies need glucose as um, a supply of energy. So our brain, uh, kidneys, liver, muscles, and even our fat tissues use glucose to fuel activity. Your body can make glucose via a process called gluconeogenesis. Can you say that five times fast? <laughs> I can't. And can even use the energy provided by ketones, okay, when glucose is scarce. So when you fast or you go really, really, really low in carbs, you create ketones and your body can use that as energy. But your body actually prefers to take the easier route because that's what everybody wants, right? Is the easy route. And so they like to get glucose or sugar from the food that you eat. Okay. That just is easier for our body instead of having to work hard to like let our brain create ketones. So when you eat, 
most carbohydrates, except for fiber, are broken down into glucose during digestion. So quick side note here. Carbohydrates can be broken into two kinds. We have carbohydrates that are starchy, and then we have fiber carbohydrates. Okay, so fiber carbohydrates are going to be things like um, vegetables. Okay, even fruit has some fiber in it. Beans have some fiber in it. But but starchy carbs, when we think starchy carb versus fiber carb, we're thinking like bread, pasta, oatmeal, things like that. That's starchy. Okay, and even though some starchy carbs have a little bit of fiber in them, which is helpful you can still basically like split carbohydrates into the two things. Okay. Also just sugary foods like cakes, cookies, that would be a starchy carb and just sugar. Okay. But when you eat these carbohydrates, whether it's, you know, starchy carb or just sugar, it's broken down into more sugar or glucose during your digestion. So if you're healthy and things are working right, when glucose enters your body, Okay, like AKA you eat it, it triggers insulin to be released from your pancreas in an amount that's proportionate to the amount of glucose in the blood. Okay, insulin is responsible for transporting glucose to your cells. Once in the cells, glucose gets broken down by the mitochondria to create ATP, which is the energy source of your cells. Okay, so insulin, it's you eat sugar, insulin comes in to hurry and rush that blood sugar into your cells so that you have energy to go. Sounds good, right? That's what it's supposed to do when we're you know, healthy and everything's working right. Some glucose though gets used by the cells. Some glucose can get used to power movement and the rest of it enters your bloodstream where it will first replenish any glycogen, which is a form of glucose in your liver and in your muscles. Anything that's depleted, it'll like replenish that. Any extra remaining glucose gets stored as fat, okay? So to prevent a lot of fat storage, we wanna make sure that you don't have a bunch of extra glucose left over. Does that make sense? If we're overeating things like cookies and breads and pastas, then what happens is we are using, too, we have too much glucose in our blood, Okay, and then it's not being used properly, so it's being stored as fat. And chronically high blood glucose, so if you have high blood glucose levels over a long time, like, or often, right, this can lead to um, insulin resistance, where the cells, your cells become resistant to insulin and must rely on additional amounts of insulin to get pushed into the cells, so your body's going to have even more insulin being produced, which is going to equal more fat storage. Insulin resistance has been connected to other conditions such as cardiovascular disease, diabetes, obesity, like I was just saying, and Alzheimer's disease as well. So the goal is to keep your blood glucose from spiking and dropping. It can look like a roller coaster. It's like if you eat a lot of carbohydrate rich foods or just way too much food, you're going to get this big increase of blood glucose, which means your body's going to have to start pouring in a lot of insulin to try to balance it out. Okay. And then it kind of makes this like up and down um, curve. So the cool thing about the blood glucose monitor is it's literally like a graph and you can see the blood glucose going up and down. And ideally we just want kind of a, I mean, it's going to be going up and down. Like even if you're eating like super healthy and balanced, you're still going to have some ups and downs with it because that's the naturally the like rhythm 
okay, of, of the whole system, but you just don't want these like big giant like increases and drops, okay? So the more spikes you have and the longer the high level of glucose, the more likely you are to develop these health issues, okay? Recent studies have shown that people who don't have diabetes are having larger fluctuations in their blood glucose levels than previously thought. And, fi- and finding ways to stabilize glucose proves beneficial for health in many, many ways, such as when you are um, stabilizing your glucose or blood sugar levels, we can see weight loss or weight maintenance, if that's your goal. Um, you can build muscle better. You'll have consistent energy, better athletic performance, lower, it can lower and control inflammation can keep your immune system healthy, and it can lower the risk of chronic diseases such as heart disease and obesity, okay? So, you know, a lot um, of people view watching their glucose or tracking their glucose as a way to, um, you know, just watch if they've been told that they have prediabetes or that they have diabetes. But now we're seeing that it's actually something that we should be watching before it's more of a preventable um, method instead of waiting until you have the disease or chronic conditions. It's like get ahead of it by monitoring it now to prevent getting diabetes, to prevent insulin resistance, prevent chronic illness. Okay. So that is the reason I decided to get a CGM in the first place. So as you know, I have Hashimoto's and it's very common for people with Hashimoto's to become insulin resistant. Um, also my mom had diabetes and heart disease, so I want to make sure that I'm doing what I can to stay as healthy as I can for as long as I can. Also, like I said, uh, kind of in the beginning, I was excited to test my balance method, um, nutrition program technique. So those are the reasons I decided to get it. I definitely, um, wanted to make sure that even though I felt like I was like eating well, I wanted to make sure that I really was like, I wanted to really make sure that what I believed and what I've been doing is still working for me. And I did find a few surprise things that are not actually working for me that I thought were. So I'll share that in a minute, but the CGM is just this little like transmitter thing that sticks in your arm. You've probably seen people walking around like at the gym or on TV or whatever with these little like circle things on their back of their arm. So it has this like little filament. It's not really a needle. I mean, it's kind of like a needle. It's just like little. And you have, um, there's like this applicator thing that you put on the back of your arm, you stick it on, and then you hit the button and it shoots it into your arm. And it's really not that bad. Okay. Um, but I will tell you that the first time I did it, I was actually shocked. It actually did hurt more than I expected it to. Cause they were like, Oh, it's not going to hurt at all. Oh, it doesn't hurt. It doesn't hurt. So I'm like, Oh, what's the big deal? And I hit the thing and I was like, Whoa, <laughs> it was a little bit of a surprise there. Anyway. Um, I'm used to it now and it doesn't hurt at all. And once it's in, it doesn't, it's fine. It's like not a big deal at all. Anyway, it has a transmitter that's connected to an app that shows you what your glucose is doing 24 hours a day. And it is so cool. And maybe I'm just a total dork and love this stuff, but I, I'm so fascinated by it. And I've been doing all kinds of testing and trying things out. In fact, I've been doing some kind of not healthy things on purpose just to see the response. So I can't do that for too long. I don't, I don't want to keep doing that for too long because that's against the whole point, but it's been fun to like test theories and 
usually the theories that I've known for a really long time, just from reading and getting, you know, certified and taking courses and working with people, they're, they're coming true, like from my blood, like it's in front of me. It is so cool. So what I have found for myself is that I'm actually having more spikes than I thought. Oh, I was so disappointed to see that. But the cool thing is, is that I actually can feel them. And what I used to think was anxiety, I'm learning is actually spikes, blood sugar spikes. Um, Also, I've been having dizziness for years and years and years, and nobody has been able to help me with it. Nobody knows what it is. When I got my pacemaker, it was supposed to fix it, but it didn't. Um, And what I've learned is that when I feel like that, it's because my blood sugar is actually too low. And I've been having a lot lower blood sugar than I even knew I was having. So I'm so thankful because actually since I've had this, I've been able to remedy that. Um, and I've had way less dizziness, which is so awesome. So anyway, I can feel the blood sugar spikes coming. Um, what happens is if you've eaten something that is going to create a blood sugar spike, the CGM actually sends you a little message on the phone and it says blood sugar spiking. And then it tells you what you can do. Okay. You can either go exercise, um, by doing like squats and pushups and things like that, or you can go for a walk, but you know, that's not always possible for me because I might be in the middle of a meeting or something or like getting ready to go do something. And so I don't always exercise because I, I got to tell you, I don't really think it's real life to go exercise every time you eat. What is more appropriate would be adjusting what you eat so that you're not having the spikes. Okay. So here's what I've found for myself. I'm just going to actually give you, um, some information. I created a chart I created this chart when I first started and I created one side says, um, positive response meals and foods. And then the other side is negative response meals and foods. And so there was a few things that were so disappointing. And then there were things that were really surprising that were good. So my positive response meals and foods, and this is not everything. This, I'm just going to throw out a few of my meals. I love to make quesadillas, um, with ground beef. Um, and vegetables with my fake cheese, the Daya dairy-free cheese that I use, not very much of it, and a gluten-free tortilla. I was so worried that that was going to be bad, but here's what I discovered. It's not. But But the trick is when I make the quesadilla with beef and sauteed vegetables, like, like, um, what are they? Peppers and onions. I do not have a blood sugar spike at all. Like it's nice and even, you know, I, it goes up a tiny bit, like it's supposed to, it comes right back down. You can't even tell that I've eaten anything. Like when you look at my chart or my graph, if I have that same meal, but without the veggies, like if I just do beef and the dairy-free cheese and the quesadilla, it actually goes up higher. So I know that it's important to include vegetables with my meal. Okay. This is how I'm learning. And this, I already knew this is why, I I mean, this goes along perfectly with my balance method program with how to create meals, but it's been amazing to like watch it. Um, something else, chili, you know, I've, I've had chili with no beans and I've had chili with beans either way. It works really well, even with the beans, beans are starchy. So I was not sure, you know, how would that react, but actually no problem. 
I can even eat chili with beans and a couple crushed up tortilla chips on top. Um, but if I add one time we added corn, cause I had some like frozen corn, I added the corn to the chili. So I had the corn and the beans and a couple of chips and it spiked like huge. So I've learned, and I tried it with a different kind of soup too, that anytime I eat corn, like corn, like kernels of corn, I have a high spike. Now, please don't say, hear me say that and think that you can't eat corn. That's, that's probably not, it may or may not be true, but I don't want you to hear this and be like, oh my gosh, I can never eat corn again. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying for some reason with those meals, it's not working for me. Now I have not just had corn on the cob with like a meal yet. So I'll probably test that out. I also do really well with peanut butter toast. So if I eat peanut butter on my gluten-free sourdough bread, it's gluten-free. I It's perfect. It's like no problem whatsoever. But if I eat that same bread, and I was wrong about this. I actually thought it would be the same. If I eat that same bread that I can have with peanut butter and have no response, if I eat that same bread with um, turkey deli meat and cucumbers and tomato, I spike. So there's something to be said about the healthy fat, or it could be the time of day too, because I've only had the peanut butter on the toast in the morning, usually after a workout versus the you know, turkey sandwich in the afternoon, not right after a workout. So there's so many things that you can learn, like when, you know, how, what affects it. I've learned that almond milk lattes with sugar-free vanilla syrup um, are totally fine. I've learned I can eat gluten-free rice crackers with turkey pepperoni, but I cannot eat those gluten-free rice crackers on their own. I can also eat, um, Sweet Lauren's gluten-free, low sugar or reduced sugar, sugar cookies. I can have two of those and I do not get a, a jump in my blood sugar, which is amazing because it's sugar. It's white sugar cookies and they do not affect me. Now, part of that might be because I've only ever had them directly after a meal. So that's going to be one of my tips coming up. I'm going to tell you more about that. Now, some of my negative response foods were gluten-free pretzels, no matter how I eat them, what I eat them with, when I eat them, every single time I have a gluten-free pretzel, I have a blood sugar spike. So those are no longer in my house. Um, white rice. I hate to admit to you guys, because I can't tell you how many people I've said, Hey, rice is rice, brown rice, white rice. Um, according to a couple of my certifications, they say, you know, if you prefer white rice over brown rice, then just eat white rice. So I've been doing that for years. Well, guess what? <laughs> white rice completely takes me the highest spike I've ever seen, but brown rice only takes me about halfway of that it's still a spike, but not anywhere near the white rice. Um, gluten-free pizza, gluten-free pizza crust gets me every time. It's not good. Even if I add a bunch of protein and vegetables to it, the, something about the gluten-free pizza crust, not good. Or I had a French fries. I can eat a half a serving with no problem, but if I eat a whole serving, I have a spike. Okay. So the, you can just hear some of the lessons already that I'm learning portion size. Um, the other thing is plant, like plant-based yogurt. There's like Siggy's coconut yogurt with, with a little extra protein in it. I've had that with like low sugar granola. No matter how I eat that, I always get a spike. I've tried it with different things. I've tried adding protein powder. Every time I have that yogurt with or without the granola, I get a spike. All potatoes, all potatoes, no matter what, sweet potato, white potato, 
baked, fried, whatever, it doesn't matter, always goes up. Gluten-free pastas, I'm sorry to tell you, because I would have told you a chickpea or lentil pasta would be better than a regular, but in my body, it is not. Now, I can have a very, very tiny portion of like chickpea pasta with a big portion of protein, and it's fine, but the portion of pasta is so little that I'm, yeah, it's not, not even worth it to have it for me. Um, lunch meat, like I said earlier, lunch meat, and this isn't just me. I'm actually in a group too, with a bunch of other people. Um, because the Cygnos brand that I use there, they have a Facebook group that you can join if you get one and just watching other people. A lot of people are saying lunch meat because it's processed is probably the deal creates big spikes. So that's another thing that I've um, recommended. So there's two things already that I've recommended to people, lunch meat and it's okay to eat white rice. Both of those affect me. Now, like I've said, it may or may not affect you, but these are just good lessons and like little tips just to listen to. Okay. So, so now I want to point out a few other things that really, really, really matter. Um, when I have high stress versus like, if there's a stressful day versus a day that's not stressful, and when I say high stress, I'm not talking like, I'm not having any like life shattering, horrible things happening. I'm talking like maybe I have a busy day or maybe my daughter annoyed me <laughs> or my son. I shouldn't just blame her, but you know, like maybe she like something got me ruffled up, you know, or maybe, um, you know, I didn't get enough sleep. So I'm feeling like just a little higher stress. So on higher stress days, foods on lower stress days that don't bother me do bother me. So on a high stress day, I can eat the same thing and have a spike as a, as eating the same thing on a day where I don't have stress, where I didn't have a, a spike. So it shows the direct relationship between stress and your glucose levels. So if you're chronically stressed, there's a very, very big likelihood that you are having high levels of glucose, which could be absolutely preventing weight loss or creating weight gain. So that right there, it's so important to understand. The other thing is, um, well, yeah, the stress, if I have lack of sleep, I'm a really good sleeper, but then, you know, there's times where I just randomly like wake up thinking about stuff and can't go back to sleep on the next day. I notice that I have higher levels of glucose. Okay. The other thing is waiting too long to eat. I've been you know, telling people this forever. Like do not go too long without eating because you're going to be too hungry and they're going to eat too much. That absolutely I've seen to be true on here. My blood sugar gets so low that when I do eat, it spikes big. Even if it's not a bad number, it still increases very fast because I've waited too long to eat. I've let my blood sugar get too low. I'm starving, so I might not care how fast I eat, but that's another thing. The faster you eat, the faster the blood glucose. Okay, so all of these rules of dieting, all of these tips that we've learned over the years about like sleep and stress and eating too fast and waiting too long to eat and um, eating, you know, eating your meals fast or eating too much sugar. It, it's literally all true as far as how it affects your body. All right. So let's jump down to I'm saying jump down. I'm looking at my notes. Um, let's look at these tips. OK. Um, all right. The first tip is, I've kind of already said these, but now this might be when you want to grab a pen and paper and like, and really hear me on these. The first one is do not eat your carbs alone. 
Okay. Unless you just want a blood sugar spike, like maybe you just like the buzz of a blood sugar spike. Oh, by the way, I started to tell you earlier what it feels like. I feel anxious. I feel a little bit of a heart rate increase. Um, I even feel a little buzzy in my head. And when I start feeling like that, like a little bit of a buzz or like anxious, or I feel like just kind of in my chest, like my, not like bad, like it's not heart palpitations or anything, but I just like a little bit of a like increase in my heart rate, just a little bit. I'm like, uh Oh, and then every time I feel like that, I get a little ding on my phone telling me your blood sugar spiking. I'm like, yeah, well now I know. I also sometimes get a headache, like just a little bit of a headache and on the really high blood sugar spikes is when I get the headaches. So fortunately I've made a lot of adjustments and I'm not getting them very often anymore. But when I first started, I was like so surprised. So don't eat your carbs alone unless you want to spike. Okay. So, um, the blood glucose goddess who you can follow on Instagram, she, she, and really all of the programs I've ever taken as a coach, all the courses I've taken, all the information I've taken about nutrition, it all says that if you're going to eat carbs, you need to eat protein, fiber, and or fat with it. So blood glucose goddess says, dress up your carbs. I love that. I think that's such a fun way to look at it. It's like, if you're going to have carbs, dress it up with some protein and some healthy fats and some fiber. Okay. So this is where the balance method, this is the balance method method. Like my entire program is about teaching you how to balance each meal so that you don't have a blood sugar spike. That has been the whole premises of it since I lost weight back in 2000 and like whatever year that was five ish. Okay. That is like what I've based my entire nutrition philosophy on. This is based on books. It's based on courses. It's based on doctors. It's based on research. This works. Do not eat your carbs alone because you will get a blood sugar spike and too many blood sugar spikes will create weight gain or resistance to weight loss and, and, or prediabetes, insulin resistance, and all the other problems. So please, if that's the only thing you get from this today, that makes me happy. All right. The second tip is eating a vegetable starter as in maybe having a small salad with a vinegar based dressing before your meal or chomping on some raw vegetables while you're cooking dinner, instead of drinking wine, chomp on some like sliced up cucumbers and celery or broccoli or cauliflower, eat a vegetable before your meal. Okay. The third tip is if you're not going to have a veggie starter, then it's a good idea to eat protein first. So if you're looking at your plate and you have like some grilled chicken and maybe some roasted potatoes and some green beans, we'll just say, let's say that's your dinner one night. If you wanted to, you could start by eating a couple bites or most of your chicken first. Then you would move on to some vegetables and then eat your starch last. Now, is it really real life to always eat your food in that order? Protein, fiber, fat, starch? Probably not, especially if you like things like casseroles and soups and chilies because it's all blended together, right? But if you're able to, that is a good way to reduce the likelihood of a spike. And I've tested it out and it absolutely works. It works with eating a vegetable starter. It works with eating your protein first. Okay. It really, really does work. Um, I've also tried it where I've eaten my carbs first and then eaten the rest of the meal. And every time 
it spikes. But if I eat that same meal and I flip the order and I eat the protein first, or at least some of it, and then the rest of the meal, it doesn't do it. So it's really amazing. Okay. The fourth tip is try apple cider vinegar. Okay. Now I want to warn you that you should not drink apple cider vinegar straight from the bottle. (laughs) Okay. Well, that's kind of rude anyway, but even if you just poured it into a glass and took a shot of it, that's not good for you because it's really acidic and it can really hurt your esophagus. So don't do that. Um, and be careful how much you're drinking, but always dilute it. So my favorite, favorite thing is putting it in a lemon lime, like flavored seltzer with it, with some ice and then a squeeze of lemon or lime. And I stir it up. It definitely needs to be stirred because the apple cider vinegar sits at the bottom and you want to stir it in. And I think it's delicious. If you drink that before meals, it can help prevent a big spike. This may or may not work all the time. So I've had it work and I've had it not work. It still depends on the meal. Um, so that's just something to play with. Okay. There's so many other benefits of drinking apple cider vinegar that I still think it's worth trying, but if you're going to do it, make sure it's before a meal. And, and I have learned that about 15 to 20 minutes before the meal is the best time to have it to kind of prime your system before the meal. I notice that if I'm drinking it as I'm drink as I'm eating the meal, it doesn't do it. Okay. So that's something to, to consider. My fifth tip is, and I've already said it, don't wait too long before eating your meals. Okay. This will likely have you eat too quickly or too much, which will lead to a spike. Okay. This is like, this is something that, I mean, if you've ever been on diets, you've probably heard this a million times. It's like, if you wait too long to eat, you're going to get to the point where number one, you're going to be so hungry. You won't care what you're going to eat. Okay. I mean, this is just true anyway. Like it's a good reason not to wait so long because you might choose something like fast food or you might choose just whatever's close by instead of thinking about the, the type of meal you're getting. But, um, but as far as blood sugar is concerned, if you eat too quickly, even if it's a good choice and balanced, it still may increase your blood sugar too quickly. And I've experienced this as well. Okay. I didn't mean to, (laughs) I didn't do it on purpose. Like I just have had times where I'm starving and I eat too quickly. And even if it's like a balanced meal that has worked before, I'll have a sugar spike, a blood sugar spike because I'm eating too fast. Okay. Or maybe too much. Okay. That's the other, the, uh, this is like a twofold tip. It's like, don't wait too long because you might eat too quickly, but also portion size matters. So that's another huge thing I've noticed. I'm really watching my portion better because it's really easy to overeat healthy foods. You might think, oh, it's healthy, so I'm just gonna have more. You know, oh, it's just vegetables, I'll have more. Well, but more is more. And our body only needs so much. So I love the rule of eating to 80% full because it's like I've noticed when I do that, I have a lower response. Okay. But also I just feel better. Okay. And you'll definitely, if you start to really focus on eating to 80% full and following these tips, if you need to lose weight, you're going to start losing some weight. And if you're not, then it might be a good idea to get tested or to look at hormone situations. All right. I'm getting off track here. Tip number six, stress directly impacts your spikes, more stress, more spikes or longer spikes. So if you want to lose weight, if you want to be healthier, if you want to work on prediabetes, if you want to reduce the impact of Hashimoto's or autoimmune disorders, then working on your stress levels is critical. This 
this probably could be number one. My number one tip would be work on your stress levels because even if you're eating healthy, if your cortisol is too high, cortisol is one of your stress hormones. If it's too high, it's directly impacts the glucose. Okay. So, and reduces the impact of insulin. So we want to make sure that you're really working on your stress. Maybe that means you need to do some breath work classes with me. Maybe it means you need to go to yoga. Maybe it means you need to do more leisurely walks outside. Maybe it means you need to take some things off your plate. And I don't mean your dinner plate. I mean, off your to-do list. Okay. Or maybe it means you need to get to bed. Because tip number seven is lack of sleep or restless nights equals more spikes as well. So um, they're both stressful. Not getting enough sleep, right, impacts your stress levels. Stress levels impact your blood sugar levels. Your blood sugar levels, if they're spiking too much and dropping, you're going to have cravings more often. You're going to have more hunger. So all of this filters together, right? So Remember what I told you, the one thing I do want you to remember, I have two things now, (laughs) okay? I knew that would happen. The number one thing I wanted you to remember from this podcast is don't eat your carbs alone. Always dress up your carbs with some protein, fiber, and fat, and or at least protein, preferably fiber and fat. And then number two, work on your stress because no matter how well you're eating, if you're not managing your stress, you might be undoing all that healthy eating anyway, okay? So, um, I hope that you've found this helpful. I know I kind of started going off track a little bit here and there, but I'm I'm really am very passionate about this. I love more than anything to teach this to people. I love for you to understand this. I love for you to see the connection between your blood sugar and your moods and your sleep and your stress and your results. It really, really matters. If you have Hashimoto's, it matters. If you have hypothyroidism, it matters. If you have any autoimmune, if you have any heart condition, if you have anything going on in your body, or if you're just somebody that wants to be healthier, this all matters. So if you want to try a CGM, a continuous glucose monitor yourself, lucky for you, I have a special discount code for you. So go ahead and check my show notes. Okay. I have a special link and you can get 15% off of your subscription to a CGM with Cygnos. Now it is not a cheap thing. However, when you think about it, if you could invest in a three to six month membership with a continuous glucose monitor and completely change your health, then you're going to be saving money later. You're going to be saving your health because even if you don't have anything going on right now, right? If you don't have prediabetes or you don't have insulin resistance or you don't have anything going on, then now if would be a great time to see where you're at so that you can prevent any of that from happening. And if you do already have, have been told, you know, maybe you have a high A1C, Or maybe you've been told that you're insulin resistant, or maybe you're in menopause or perimenopause and having trouble with your diet or having trouble with weight loss or having trouble not gaining weight, then this might be something that you want to consider. Okay. So you can look at the different membership options and just look at my show notes, the code or the link for the special discount and the discount code is listed there. If you have any questions or you want to learn more about it and you want to see if it's right for you, please do not hesitate to send me a message. My email is rayannmullins at gmail.com. 
and I'm happy to work with you or if you or to help you, you know, pick the subscription that's best for you. And of course, I'm happy to work with you if you would like to also join the balance method or get coaching in that area. All right. So thank you guys so much for being here. I hope this was helpful and I will uh, talk with you next week. Take care. Thanks for tuning in to the Balanced Fit and Free podcast today. Remember, while we've explored incredible tips and insights, none of this is to replace personalized medical advice. Always chat with your trusted physician or healthcare professional before making changes based on what you've heard today. Stay inspired, stay curious, and keep striving for that balanced fit and free lifestyle. Until next time, take care and keep thriving.